0: Hi, welcome back to another Prospector Political Podcast. My name is Brendan Burke. I'm joined here today with Junior Louisa Zanon, and we're going to be talking about the legacy of former Associate Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg and the response to the Republican Party trying to push forward Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. So, Louisa, my first question for you is: Just when you heard about the death of Justice Ginsburg, what was your reaction, and how how did you feel?
1: Um, I think the first thing that I thought. Like the first thing that I felt was definitely sadness because I know that Ruth Bader Ginsburg has done so much for women and like everyone in the Supreme Court, but but being in the Supreme Court. Um, and this my like second reaction was kind of to be like scared almost because, um, I know the administration, like the Trump administration, is kind of pushing against like equal rights, especially and like rights for like. Just like women in general, like I'm like one of the things I'm scared about is like I'm very pro choice and I'm scared that that's gonna not be a thing anymore because Ruth Bader Ginsburg isn't on the Supreme Court to prevent that. So I guess like fear,
0: exactly. So, personally, yeah, when I heard the news, I was sitting in my kitchen, I got like a news update that I found out that she passed away. And I guess one of my first just seeing how just going through Twitter and just you know, news and just media in general, one thing that I noticed after the death of Justice Ginsburg was a lot of people, while many people were mourning just the death of her because she was just such an icon, especially in the liberal world, but just an icon for the country in general, a lot of people were already, after maybe an hour, two hours after her death, were already jumping on, oh, who's like who gets to fill the Supreme Court seat? And I guess I was just appalled by that, and I'm just kind of curious to see how you felt
1: yeah, I I her, feel the same about yeah. that. Um, I think that like, it's almost like people forgot that she was a person for a second because they just saw her as someone who filled a seat on the Supreme Court, and it's just like, exactly. give her like at least like a day, you know, right. or like like that. Yeah, that made me upset. <laughs> and do you feel that her?
0: Her passing, just seeing that legacy of how everyone just immediately, not even like, not even, like you said, not even a day, a few hours later, we're already jumping on who gets to fill the Supreme Court seat. Will it be uh, President Donald Trump or will it be if Joe Biden happens to win in November, will it be him? Uh, and everyone was just already jumping on that. And I guess my biggest problem was, and I'm just curious if you feel, uh, feel this way too, do you think that her legacy to most people didn't mean, clearly didn't mean anything? Just strictly based on the fact that they didn't really on like even talk about all the things all the different cases she brought on before she even got to the supreme court as a lawyer like do you think that her legacy just wasn't talked about enough
1: definitely i yeah i think that like she was such an amazing woman and she did so much for so many people and i think that people like everyone just kind of ignored that right and everyone was just like you need to fill this seat Mm -hmm. which that's I know I already said that, but that's just so like sure. annoying to me.
0: So now we're going to talk about, since we have, you know, we've already touched on just the passing of Justice Ginsburg. And unfortunately, now we're put in the hard position of, okay, uh, nine justices need to serve on the Supreme Court. So we do need, uh, the country needs to fill that seat. So I guess my first question for you is just, who do you think should fill the seat?
1: Um, I don't really have like a specific specific person in mind that I think could fill. I think that, Oh,
0: sorry. um, Let me clarify. Not the particular justice. Who do you think should choose the nominee to fill the seat?
1: Oh, I, I, I think it should be whoever wins the presidential election. Um, just because like being a Supreme court justice, like you're in it for life. And like, if let's say Trump doesn't win in November, if Trump just picks a Supreme court court justice now it's just like that doesn't seem like a good move because he's not going to be president anymore and he just appointed some like random person well not random person but like supported he just appointed someone onto the supreme court even though that's like the next president's job you know exactly And
0: so another question I have for you is obviously Trump on Saturday appointed judge uh, Amy Coney Barrett uh, of the circuit court uh, in Chicago. Um, She's a former Notre Dame law professor uh, and is a very, uh, she's a favorite of, you know, conservative thinkers. She's very uh, anti-abortion. She has said and has voted according, she would vote against, you know, to shut down the Affordable Care Act, which would... uh, cancel you know health care plans for millions of americans and she also in terms of obviously since she is a conservative justice she will protect you know second amendment uh and very much vote based upon that so but when it comes to and one of the big things i've been seeing in the lexicon in terms of twitter and just media in general everyone is talking about her religion so obviously she's a catholic and a majority of the justices on the court are catholic um and she's a catholic herself and they talk about this do you think that too often religious views for not just confined to justices religious views for justices senators representatives even presidents too often interfere with their political stances on why they on why they do support something like let's say abortion or same sex marriage
1: um i definitely think that like your like beliefs like your religious beliefs have something to do with that because at the end of the day, like you believe what you believe, and that's gonna affect how you think. And um, like most people who I know who are very like anti-abortion are also very Christian. And like that's not a like a bad thing. Like that's a very neutral, like I'm neutral statement. But um I think that like everyone can have their beliefs and stuff, but I think that religion is something that really shouldn't be like a big thing in the Supreme Court. You know, like I think yeah. it should come down to like the constitution and mm-hmm. I don't think that like separation of church and state is like yeah.
0: Exactly. And so <clears throat> now we're talking about who gets to fill the seat. So obviously after Justice Ginsburg passed away, everyone was just okay jump to that conclusion, who's who's next? Who fills the seat? Who gets to choose the nominee to fill the seat? So as you may or may not know, in 2016, ju- uh, former uh, Associate Justice Antonin Scalia passed away, and oh. president uh, he was president at the time, Barack Obama, nominated Merrick Garland to serve on the United States Supreme Court, and this was uh, months before the presidential election, but primary seasons had already started. But an interesting thing to consider is that Donald Trump wasn't yet the Republican nominee and Hillary Clinton wasn't yet the Democratic nominee at that time so and republicans including you know Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, they said we're setting the pre- Lindsey Graham actually said this exactly. He said they are setting the precedent in that year that if it's an election year the president does not get to choose the justice if the primaries have already started. And he said uh and you can use my words against me. He's like mark my words. In the last year of a Republican presidency, if there's a Supreme Court opening, we're not going to fill it. And he said, you can use my words against me uh, because you'll be right. Now that you see Lindsey Graham, he's obviously the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, leading this nomination process. What do you have to say to him making those statements where we're, uh, you can use his words against him, but now he's filling the seat uh, less than like 40 days before the presidential election?
1: Um, I think that's incredibly hypocritical of him um because obviously when like it was barack obama and when he was probably going to appoint someone who was more left-leaning or more just democratic in general um he was blocking that out as much as he could but now that it's a republican president now that it's like the trump administration he's pushing for it i think that's so like just incorrect and Mm -hmm. critical to do and almost like immature in a sense like if you said that Like, that wasn't okay with Obama. Why is that okay with Trump? Is it because he's white? Is it because he's a Republican? Is it because you're a Republican? Like,
0: yeah. Right. And one of the many uh, senators that have, you know, all, well, every Republican in 2016 in the Senate said, no, the Supreme Court, like, President Barack Obama does not get to fill Scalia's seat. And as a matter of fact, Amy Coney Barrett, who is set to replace Justice Ginsburg on the, on the bench said in 2016, oh, because she was a former clerk for Justice Antonin Scalia, she said uh, the fact that Scalia was, like, such a staunch conservative justice, and he was very, he wasn't, like, moderate right. He was, like, completely right on the court. So she said that it would be wrong to nominate a justice that is, like, you know, either going to be moderate, left, like, moderate liberal leaning or just liberal. And it would throw off the balance of the Supreme Court. So she said that. Now, as you see her going to be filling the seat of, you know, a liberal icon such as Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, what do you have to say about Barrett's statements in 2016?
1: Um, I just want, like, the first thing I want to say, I don't agree with, like, throwing off the balance of the Supreme Court when it comes to views, Because at the end of the day, like, times change, beliefs evolve, like, we don't believe the same thing that we believed in the 1900s. So why should we, like, keep those views? Yeah. So I, like, I don't believe in that. Like, but I also, like, RBG was so liberal. And I, like, commend her for that. And I love that because I, myself, am more left-leaning in my political views. Um, So it's, like, a little bit, like weird to see someone who's so right-leading and so, like, Catholic with everything that she does, like, with her, like, rulings. So that's, like, it stings a little bit to see that, but at the end of the day, I, like, I don't think that it should come down to, like, political party, because at the end of the day, we're all people, we're all Americans, like, it should, this two-party system just divides us so much, and Mm -hmm. that, yeah, so it's annoying to see such a conservative filler seat, but, like,
0: Mm -hmm. Correct. And this sort of statement has been pushed out by like many Democrats and, you know, just, you know, news organizations in general. And one of the biggest problems that people have with the Supreme Court, especially in recent time, is that when Barrett gets uh, nominated and if she eventually gets a seat on the Supreme Court, the justices serving are going to be many, a majority of them are going to have been nominated by pre, uh, presidents that at the time did not win the popular vote and nominated by senates that actually represent a lesser population of the American people. So many Democrats have sort of uh, backlash against uh, Trump strictly because he got to nominate Neil Gorsuch in uh, in 2016 because they held off the nomination of Merrick Garland. So he got to put Neil Gorsuch on the bench. Then obviously in 2018, he put Brett Kavanaugh on the bench. And now he's probably going to be putting Amy Coney Barrett on the bench. So Trump, there, there's much criticism because in 2016, he lost the popular vote by 3 million votes. And he also, the Senate right now, currently, while there is a Republican majority, 15 million more Americans are represented by democratic senators so do you think that there's a problem with the with the system but based on the fact that a majority of americans are actually more liberal and left-leaning but yet more conservative a six to three conservative majority is going to be seen on the supreme court
1: um i like i a hundred percent i yeah i think there's a huge problem with that um especially just because like the Supreme court is supposed to like serve people in general and it's supposed to be for the betterment of American society. And if that, like if the Supreme court isn't represented by the majority of like America, then what is like the point of even having a Supreme court? It's like, it's like having like British parliament represent us. Like, they have nothing, like, they don't have anything to do with most of America's political views. I'm sure there's a few people that are very, like, hardcore British nowadays, but, like, what's the point of that, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, yeah, no
0: problem. And I guess just another sort of interesting factor to bring up in terms of the filling of the seat, obviously. There's been hypocrisy statements from both sides where Republicans are like, oh, Democrats, you were like so on board of filling the seat in 2016. What changed? So in terms of that, what do you think has changed? Like, Why do you think it's okay for Democrats to now in 2020 say, you know what, you're not allowed to fill the seat, even though in 2016 we said fill the seat?
1: Um, I think that, like, the thing that makes the biggest difference for me personally is it was Ruth Bader Ginsburg's dying wish not to have her fill, her seat filled until after the election. Um, I don't know about Scalia, but for RBG, she made it clear that that's what she wanted. And I just think that it's incredibly disrespectful that people are ignoring that. Yeah. Um, if, like, that's the biggest thing for me. I also think that, like, that's a hypocritical a hypocritical thing that the democrats are doing as the republicans but like this is just a like a weird situation to be put in Mm -hmm. like so close to an electric an election year and i just i really hope that people just push this off because i Mm -hmm. like rbg knows what she's doing you know she knew what she was doing and we should just let her yeah yeah would you agree though that in terms
0: of Democrats sort of trying to push back on hypocrisy claims, would you agree that what changed is that they're now trying to quote the McConnell rule that was stated in 2016, saying that in an election year, when the primary seasons have started, you do not fill Supreme Court vacancies. Do you, do you agree that Democrats are simply just trying to go off the precedent that was set in 2016 and honor a Senate rule that was set four years ago?
1: Definitely. I think that's also Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. If, like, if you set a rule, like, follow it, you know? And,
0: And, sorry.
1: Oh, sorry. Continue. yeah.
0: And another, uh, so obviously now after this, there have been many calls for changes to the Supreme Court. Uh, One of the biggest ones is they are introducing this bill in Congress, and essentially what this bill is going to be is to put an eight, it will be actually have to be like, you know, an amendment, obviously, but it's to put an 18-year term limit. Supreme Court justices, would you support something like that? So instead of them serving for life, they would only serve for 18 years? Because when you think about that, uh, if that 18-year term limit existed, Ginsburg's uh, time on the court would have been cut short by nine years. So would you support something like that?
1: Um, I'm kind of on the fence about that, because I think that like having power for life in itself is just a lot of power. And I think that That's just, like, scary to give someone that much, like, responsibility for life. Like, granted, everyone who gets nominated for the Supreme Court, like, deserves that. But, like, that's just a lot, you know? Like, there's not, like, that's just a lot, in my opinion. But at the same time, like, I don't know how much I agree with, like, limiting it, too. Because, like, Justice Ginsburg served all the way up until she died. And she was, like, kicking butt doing it. So... I, like, I don't really know.
0: <laughs> All right, that's fine. And another question is sort of, in terms of now, there have been talks about this, where if Democrats this November win, win back the White House, keep, uh, keep the House of Representatives and manage to flip the Senate, there have been talks of stacking the court, because it's stated in the Constitution that the Senate decides just how many justices sit. So there have been talks of making it, instead of nine justices, making it 11 justices, and it would give them, you know, a Democratic majority. Personally, I do not support that. While I am left-leaning, such as you, I am more liberal, I'm very much left-leaning, I do not support something like that, strictly because I think of it as an abuse of power. And even Ginsburg herself said that stacking the courts is a problem. So do you think that stacking the courts is a good or a bad thing?
1: Um, I think it's a bad thing, too. I, like, it's just, what, like, if we, as, like, Democrats heard Republicans doing that, we'd be outraged. So why would we, like, do that, you know? Mm. Um, I think that it's, I think it's weird that it's nine justices. I think it should be 10, just, like, even. I think that would, like, prevent. Well,
0: the problem, because the problem with 10, they need an odd number, so there's no ties on cases.
1: Yeah, that's, I just thought of that, um. <laughs> It's just like I don't. I think that people should just be more moderate on the Supreme Court. I think that people should like think with their heads and not their like beliefs, and I like I think that would just make everything so much like smoother.
0: Right. You know. And you said that. So in terms of that, so a lot of people because the Supreme Court isn't supposed to be partisan because the Congress is supposed to be partisan, the presidency is supposed to be partisan, but when it comes to the Supreme Court, the idea is strictly what they're supposed to be doing is holding up just what the law states and how it is stated. But obviously there are conservative justices and liberal justices in terms of rulings on abortion and, you know, gun control or LGBT rights, or uh, like in our new case, the Affordable Care Act. So in terms of this though, because the political leanings go both ways on the Supreme Court. You have somebody like Antonin Scalia from 2016, where he interpreted the Constitution in the Supreme Court word for word, so to speak, where he um, he's always adamantly said that he viewed the Constitution and his cases based on strictly how it was written and when it was written. So pretty much he made his rulings based off of how the founding fathers intended the Constitution to be. Then you have Justice Ginsburg, on the other hand, who would obviously take a more liberal approach to it. And she thinks of the Constitution as like an ever changing document. And that's kind of how they vary. So if I, I'll get to my question right now, but essentially what I'm saying is that politics and political leaning should be taken out of the Supreme Court. But for instance, I'll bring up a case from 2015 that Scalia and Ginsburg both uh, voted on. And I'm sure you're uh, familiar that Obergefell versus Hodges, it was the landmark Supreme Court case that declared same-sex marriage legal in in all 50 states in the United States and that only passed with a five to four majority. It was justice Ginsburg, uh, Elena Kagan, um, Sonia Sotomayor, Anthony Kennedy and Stephen Breyer. Those were the five. So Scalia was one of the people and chief justice, John Roberts too. They actually voted against, against it. And Scalia and Roberts both sort of agreed that they said, Oh, while same sex marriage may be good political policy, that right belongs to the state legislature and like, this is an example of uh, being political from the bench. So making decisions that are political, like you're trying to pass a political agenda from the bench. So do you think, with something like same-sex marriage, do you think that while, that it, while you may obviously view that as a great Supreme Court case, do you think that it was, in fact, a more partisan Supreme Court ruling?
1: I don't. Because I think that that's more of, like, a human rights thing, you know? Like, it's, like, if, like, if a man and a woman are allowed to get married, like, why can't, like, two men or two women get married? It's, like, it's, like, getting mad at someone for ordering chicken tenders. Like, just because you don't like chicken tenders doesn't mean, like, you have to, like, put up a fight about it, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, the whole, like, state legislator thing, like, trying to push an agenda, like, what agenda... Is being pushed like equality
0: right so that that's just an example i like to bring up because many point to that as like oh it's an example of legislating from the bench where they say that all the time but in terms of but that's what i kind of the difference is where while it is important to keep you know political ideology out of the supreme court that is an example of political ideology on the supreme court where more conservative justices view the constitution when it was written in, you know, the 1780s, and they interpret it as it was in the 1780s. But the more liberal justices sort of look at it from, you know, a literal point of view in terms of sense where, like, in Justice Ginsburg's case, she was big on equal protection under law. So that's why she voted very liberal on most cases. So uh, I guess, guess my final question for you is, Despite the fact that, you know, Ginsburg has passed away, and because of this, a six to three majority, a pro- uh, conservative majority is probably going to be seen on the Supreme Court, what, in your view, is just forever going to be Ruth Bader Ginsburg's legacy in in America in general?
1: Um, I think that RBG has a very similar legacy to a lot of, like, badass female politicians. Like, RBG was, is just, like, a feminist icon, and that's how I'm going to see her forever, and I think that that's going to be her legacy, honestly. I think that she just, I, I can't even put into words, like, how, like, that's just the only way I can describe it. Like, she's just a feminist icon.
0: Of course. So... Thanks so much, Louisa. Uh, This was just another Prospector Political Podcast. Uh, Make sure you stay tuned and come back every week for Prospector Political Publish. And the next upcoming week is going to be covering who won the presidential debate that will be taking place on Tuesday, September 29th, uh, between former Vice President Joseph R. Biden Jr. and the Democratic nominee and President Donald Trump, the Republican nominee.